Hello and welcome to the Ambitions of the Dad podcast, the self-improvement podcast for dadpreneurs who want to be more and achieve more. We share insights into what it takes to be a high performer and find the balance between raising a family, building a business and living a healthy life. I am Jack Stacey, I'm a dad, a coach and your podcast host. In today's episode, I'm joined by Tim Haynes. He's an entrepreneur, a dad and a a success coach. He's built three successful businesses and now coaches other entrepreneurs to do the same. Tim Tim's here today to share his story from drug addiction to business owner. He's going to share tips on how to improve your mental and physical health, as well as living a life of abundance. So if you find yourself struggling with addictions, unsure of your business direction, or if you want to hear how other dads are doing it, this podcast is for you. And needless to say, I am excited about this one. So without further ado, let's get into it. So welcome, Tim. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Jack. Thanks so much for having me on here. It's exciting. It's exciting. Awesome. Awesome. I'm excited for it. Like I said, like I feel like our story sort of interacts at different points as well. So it would be good to sort mm. of see how you were feeling at times when you were going through the sort of similar situations to me as well. Mm. So, but before we sort of like deep dive into it, obviously when I was doing a little bit of research on you, a story came up which really intrigued me. Um, and I think it'll be sort of good to go sort of into that and just sort of start off on that if it's a nice easy story to tell so it was your actual amy winehouse story um can you tell me a little bit about that and give me a bit of overview and how all that came about yeah i can i mean i'm still under non-disclosure even though she's passed i believe it still stands so 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 i can't share everything but i can i can definitely tell you how how it how it came about you know i um i i I, I became a fitness trainer in 2005 after I got clean drug addiction and, and um, I built a successful personal training company in London. This was from 2007 to 2009, I think, roughly. And I just thought that I needed to become a celebrity fitness trainer. Um, I'd seen a lot of successful fit, celeb fitness trainers in the market. I thought technically I was better. Um, I'd always kind of continued my education with human movement. So Britney Spears, Robbie Williams and Amy Winehouse, they're all suffering from drug addiction. And I have a friend that can get me anyone's agent in the world. So I called him up and I said, can you get me Britney's and Amy's and Robbie Williams' uh, agent? And I wrote to all three of them. And, uh-huh. and um, Amy got back to me. Well, she didn't get back to me. Her agent got back to me literally the next day. Uh, and I went to meet him the day after, and then the day after that, I I was I drove to Camden and uh, I met Amy, and I was in front of Amy, and it was it was bizarre because to be honest, I I never thought any any of them were going to get yeah. back to me. You know, I still think you know when if Brittany is listening, you know she should have got back to me. Then. <laughs> she, probably she probably wouldn't have gone through what she's gone through, but. Um, but yeah, it was a bizarre experience. It was my first celeb um, client, and I was in there, um, in there for a while. Uh, it was an interesting health questionnaire. You know, you've got to go through yeah, the heart, you a health questionnaire. So that, so that was that was kind of that was interesting. And then, and, and then, yeah, it, it, that changed my career. I, I started to get into that world. I worked with Ronnie Wood from the Rolling Stones, and um, I never advertised. My, my addiction journey and my recovery but 
strangely yeah. enough, I started to attract higher profile clients who were suffering with addiction in one form or, or another. So yeah, yeah so, it did the job. My, my ego was inflated uh, significantly. <laughs> so why, why do you think that these the same with entrepreneurs and like I know a lot of entrepreneurs who struggle with high stress and addictions and so why why do mm. you think it's, it is sort of like we as entrepreneurs and high performers so to speak as you were just mentioning then do sort of battle with addictions I I think that being an entre- entrepreneur you know I I became an entrepreneur because I wanted more freedom and peace in my life that was my number one priority um, but then what happens is when you start to become successful and start making money, the money can become more important than the, than the freedom and the peace. And so yeah. the business starts to take you over. Um, and that was definitely, that was definitely my, my journey. We can talk about that uh, later stage, but I think that can become a very difficult place. And so huh. as entrepreneurs, we start to self-soothe and we can self-soothe in all the all the all the glorious ways whether it's food or sex or drugs or alcohol or, or all of them at yeah, the same time um we're, ser- we're and, searching uh, for the sort of next high aren't we we're ser- searching for the next high searching for you know we we became entrepreneurs to create this life of abundance and freedom and we get there and for one reason or another it doesn't fill us up so then what do we do yeah, that's the next thing, isn't it? That's that's always what I thought. Like, it's never as good when you, like, the journey you get in there. You think, oh, when I get there, it's going to be amazing. When you get there, it's like, mm. oh, what's next? So, yeah, yeah. Com- completely yeah. understand that. I've been the same. So, you yeah. going back about um, the personal training studio? Then was that sort of like your very first business? And did you say that was two thousand and seven? Yeah. So I I graduated with an IT and business degree. In- 2000 and you know that degree was predetermined by the a-levels that i took and the decision that i made to go to university when i was 17 you know uh-huh. which is crazy really when you think about it because i had no i i didn't know what i wanted to do at the time i think i wanted to play rugby and drink lots of beer which is what i did um <laughs> i came, but i came out of university i had an it and business degree someone said you're good at selling so i went into the city and uh and sold it networks for five years and and i was your classic city city boy and i made lots of money and i did loads of coke and everything that goes along with it um and went into rehab in 2005 when when the wheels came off Uh and then i thought i don't really i don't really want to go back into sales so so i became a fitness trainer because i needed to do something that was more meaningful and and to be of service to others so um and really, the fitness business, it just evolved. I remember going on holiday once, and you know, when I was a freelance personal trainer, when you go on holiday, it's expensive because you're not earning any money. So I thought, well, I need to take on trainers. So I built a website, invested significantly in that, that side of the business, and grew a really successful business in, in, in two years. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So that was sort of like after your your battles with addiction, and and then you've set the business up yeah. that way. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take um 
a step back to sort of then in the timeline then let's let's talk about sort of like your your battles with addiction because as i mentioned earlier it's something which i've battled with i know it's a lot of mm. entrepreneurs battle with like different vices like you mentioned it's the sex it's the mm. alcohol it's the drugs gambling sort of always looking mm. for that next high um how mm. was it that that you sort of found yourself coming into the, the addictions then my my father he got sober when i was five um, so I think he'll be 40 years sober this this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's always run in the family. And I think from a very young age, I always uh, I was always just a bit different. You know, even mm-hmm. I do strange things like I sneak off to the guard and shed to sniff the, the lawnmower and the petrol. And I remember <laughs> sniffing tippets when I when, when I was like 10 years old. So there was a, I was always kind of attracted to, you know, something that gave me a bit of a buzz. Um and it was kind of masked by, you know, I was like a rugby player at school and captain of the rugby team at university and rugby players drink a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't really until I would say 2002 in the city mm-hmm. in London when, when, when I got sacked from my first job um, that I thought I've got a bit of a problem. And I think at the time I knew that cocaine was a bit of a problem, but I never considered that alcohol was an issue as well. Um, yeah. and I ended up getting sacked from five jobs in, in five years. And, you know, and my drug, my drug abuse, uh, rocketed significantly to, to, you know, in the end smoking crack. So uh-huh. it was, uh, it was, it was, a, a, a you know, a very clear decline for me to see. Okay, cool. So when you're sort of going on about that so you know when like you were you're taking the cocaine and whatnot what what were you sort of searching for at the time because for me uh, my sort of vice and addiction was weed marijuana so i mm. i i'm 29 now so i started having that at quite a light a uh, late age should i say i was 25 26 mm. when i started having it um and for me it was just sort of like business overwhelm i was so stressed i couldn't necessarily switch off as like most entrepreneurs like you think constantly about work like your next move what's next and i could never switch off and i could never find that way to relax so i started having weed and then for me it was like the very first time i was present with my thoughts and that was like relaxing but i was always then after that very first time searching for that that high that high and it it turned out using it once to using it every day for like three or four years and thinking i was in control of it but I wasn't like, but I thought I was, I was performing at optimum level, but I wasn't like, I thought I was making the right decisions, which I wasn't. Uh, I thought I was directing my business in the right way. I wasn't thought I was like a good leader. I was in control of everything. I wasn't, I was, I was using that as like a mask for sort of, not not necessarily my business fa- failure. I can't really say that failure in my business. Um, But I was hiding something deep down, like a pain, like, why were you sort of constantly using it were you trying to get away from something like what what do you think you were doing i i think you know i mean i i grew up in a great upbringing you know i kind of grew up in a fairly privileged upbringing um i didn't Mm -hmm. experience any significant you know childhood trauma i mean my mum and dad weren't particularly loving to each other but you know that wasn't necessarily a reason to take drugs but yeah. I always felt quite disconnected from from society. I, I never really felt like I quite fitted in. And so I think yeah. even from a very young age, I was always trying 
trying to fit in. And so what yeah. that meant was I was presenting a different version of myself to other people. And I was kind of morphing myself into different social circles. And no one was really seeing who Tim was, or rather I was never really shown that to anyone. And so that it was uncomfortable. And I think I was leaning on the drugs and the alcohol, which initially were great fun, right? I mean, let's not yeah, forget yeah. it, right? It was fun in the beginning. But I was leaning on them to to try and fix this problem, which of course could never be fixed, because really what I was seeking was an understanding of who I am and then how to present that out authentically into in, in into the world. Um, I also yeah, don't massive. have an off button. Like, when yeah. I start, I don't stop. When I start, I don't stop. You know, yeah. I can't stop. I, I, you know, with the best bill for the best bill in the world, it just it doesn't happen. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, th I think that's massive what you've basically just said and I can relate massively to it because at the time I was sort of saying I was in like friendship circles where I didn't necessarily feel completely connected like I felt like there was a bit missing I was in relationships which I felt the same and for me I masked it all with that vice um it, again it turned to drink as well because it wasn't quite working as much and it was just an, ex an excuse really just felt good but I was because I then became a dad as well so that for me was like oh what am I sort of doing here to sort of get out of it so mm. exactly what you said there I completely relate to it and it is the finding yourself like for me I needed a massive smack around my face um and that was sort of COVID for me which did that and it gave me the time to sort of stop look um and yeah, then I was like, wow, I really do need to change my life. So yeah, it's massive. And um, what, what was it for you which sort of got you out of that yourself? So, I mean, the first time I went into rehab was 2005. And to be honest, that was more to get my friends and family off my back. Like they, they kind uh -huh. of, I got sacked from my fifth job and they had kind of honed in and, and I didn't think I had a problem. And they were like, you need to go to rehab. So I went in just to just to get everyone off the bat. Um, I would say, you know, and then I had my fitness career. I relapsed again. Well, not again. I relapsed for the first time in 2012. So I was coming up to seven years. So I was coming up to eight years. I was seven years and 10 months. And um, that was a really significant period for me because on paper, I had everything really. You know, I had a very successful fitness company in London, Tim Hayes Fitness. I had 10 trainers that worked for me. They were making me like a grand a month net each trainer. I was working for the Saudi royal family. I had a president's yeah. daughter on the yearly retainer, Amy, Ronnie Wish and the Rolling Stones. Like, it, it, you know, supermodels. It, it looked really, I bought a flat in, in Tricklewood. It looked really good, right? Yeah. But I was really, really unhappy on the inside um mm -hmm. and and i remember walking through hampstead heath one day it was a summer's day and everyone was sort of sitting around having a nice time socializing being happy and i was miserable and it was a really difficult place for me to be because i was like well this isn't fair i was told when i have all this stuff by society uh -huh. i'll be happy and i was probably more miserable than i'd ever been and I did yeah. not know what to do, you know, yeah. I didn't know what to do. So, uh, 
So I called her up a prostitute because I didn't know any drug dealers at the time and I got yeah. her to get me some drugs and she came over and that that was the that that began the relapse that lasted on and off for about a year and a half. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I got clean again in 2014. But you know, oh. to answer your question, that that pain that I went through, and I, I'm not looking for sympathy, but it was really horrible. And it got me to a place of humility where I was like, I need to do something about this and I need to start living. I need to start showing the world who Tim is and I Uh need people to love that rather than this version of Tim that I've been showing everyone else. Uh Awesome. So I've always thought, like obviously you were just saying then about like buying material things. I've always found personally myself, like I'm less for me is more like I'm happier with, a lot less things you know a lot less possessions and mm. i used to be similar like I, i'd go out and just buy things for the sake of buying it one because i had the money and because i could and two like mm. like you were saying you're trying to get like a sense of feeling like gratitude maybe but for me i had to re- really probably similar to what you'll do which i'll ask you in a second but i had to really go in myself to mm. figure out figure out what it is that i need and then i've come out the other side mm. and it's like well actually health health for me is literally wealth as long as i've got my health i've got my family i've got mm. everything then um i mm. don't do financially we, we're in a good place ourselves now so it's easy to say that um but when i've been at rock bottom I, that's when i started rebuilding my life and that going within mm. myself figuring everything out and like you say putting who you actually are out there to the world like the real you is probably the best thing mm. you can do mm. um what would you sort of say to like dads who are in the situation you were in now? So maybe they're battling with addictions, maybe they're drinking a lot more, maybe they're not, it's an addiction, but they're having, you know, drinking every night or every other night and, and a lot or mm. binging, you know, the mm. weekend and this, not sort of happy with where they are. What would advice would you give to them then through your experience? I would ask for help. And I know mm-hmm. that sounds really simple, but it was the one thing that I didn't do, you know, and and there's, you know, when I'm coaching um, men in this, in this, um, in in this position in their life, I don't know. I don't know. And I need help. Those are two very powerful things to be able to say, because as men, you know, our pride, our ego, I'm 45, right? So I grew up in an era where you don't talk about your feelings and your emotions, you know, um, and that still goes on. So it can be very hard, particularly if from the outside in, everything looks good. And it doesn't mean you have to make millions, but, you know, you've got the family, you know, everything looks nice from the outside. And I think that can be a very difficult place for people to be. So reach out and ask someone, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know where to begin. I don't know what's going on, but I do know that I'm not where I want to be. And I don't know why. And that. You know, if if men could start there and open Pandora's box, what will Mm. come will be really glorious, as you know and uh, and I and I know. Yeah. So the material things are just sort of a smoke screen, aren't they? Really, at the end of the day, just masking how we truly feel. Yeah. Look, don't get me wrong. I think you can have both. I love money. I, I really, and, I, and I'm building, a, you know, my intention is to build a, a multiple seven-figure coaching business, but it's not 
the reason why I'm doing it. You know, the uh-huh. reason why I'm doing it is to be of service to others, it's to love, it's to create freedom and peace in my life and freedom and peace in other people's lives. But I want to attach a currency to that. So, yeah. you know, it's a bit like the fitness game. If, you, if you're doing fitness just so that you can look good in the mirror, you'll never get there. It will never be enough. There has to be a deeper intention uh, around it, around fitness and, and health and, and well-being. You know, the image in the mirror, the amount of money in the bank account, that's, that's a natural consequence of your behavior. It isn't the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally agree. Especially on the fitness myself again. Um, I've was being PT gym owner. Um, I went on that battle. It was like, I need to look better. You see, I think it's a lot of it is the industry that we're in. Like at first judge glance, if you're a male and you're not in good shape, you're not big, you're not muscly, you're a bad PT mm-hmm. at first glance. That was always what was in mm-hmm. my head. So I was as a kid very skinny growing up. Um, so. I went on the the steroid uh, use down the line, and that turned into abuse. I stopped that. Then I went on to the weed. But I, with that, I never never felt comfortable. I always needed that more, that more. Whereas now, on my fitness journey, I, I just work out. I've got a goal to live to surpass a hundred. That's one of my goals. But it's more just working out to to feel better, be better in myself, me- mentally and physically, and. To be able to play with the kids, like I'm, I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not in bad shape. I still look quite good with my top off. I've got the confidence like that, but I'm not chasing, you know, the the Arnold Schwarzenegger body type anymore. It's more like spiritual, feeling good, and just being in, in touch with my body and things like that now. So yeah, it's every. We've just got to be careful. Like we can go too far down uh, the rabbit hole with everything, can't we? Really in life. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I would say physically, from an external point of view, the best shape I was in was probably about 2008. Um, yeah. And I, I went to Thailand. I'd broken up with my girlfriend at the time I'd gone to Thailand. Um, and I remember sitting on the beach. People were coming up to me. They thought I was like a Thai fighter that I'd come over to fight. <laughs> I, mean, I was in really, really good shape. Yeah. And I remember thinking, looking down at my tummy, going, I'm not attractive, I'm too fat. You know, yeah, um, yeah. I'm probably 20 kilos heavier now. I'm way, way happier. Way, way yeah, happier. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, it's just never enough, is it? Like, it is just no. never enough when you're chasing that. Whereas, yeah, now, like I said, I'm in good shape now. I'm not not. But it's for me, I don't look at that. I'm like moving. Like, when I was big, I wasn't mobile. So I couldn't necessarily just bend down normal. My knees would hurt. Mm. I couldn't run. Like, I couldn't just drop down on the floor and play play with my kids i couldn't do anything like that uh, whereas now i'm a, a lot more agile so that for me is my my fitness goal so let's let's sort of bring um, this chat now back to like sort of the modern day so your first business was a personal training business is that right yeah yeah, yeah. awesome um, and and that was when you were based in london yeah that's when i was based in london um then i relapsed and the business didn't uh, survive or, or rather yeah. it did. I tried to franchise it with another trainer. Um, yeah. But I, I moved, I moved to Cape Town just because I improved, you know, I prefer the, the climate and the, and the, uh, and the quality of life. And, um, and then, and then what happened was I wanted to change the world. 
you know, as yeah. we do, just, you know, small, small goals. And, um, and I was unhappy with the level of the standard of fitness training in the market. I, I felt that the education wasn't up to, to scratch. And I also felt that um, the way that people perceived fitness, particularly in the PT market, was too much image focus. So I yeah. launched an app. Um, I launched an app called Peach. And Peach was really about changing the fitness industry. Um, it was about connecting clients to talented fitness and a wellness professionals. Yeah. So what, how did that all go then? Like, tell me about that business then. I mean, it was mad, right? Because I had relapsed. And so, I, you know, I'd spent all my money and uh, I didn't have the best credit rating. And um, I, I tried to franchise Tim Hayes Fitness and it didn't work because it was with another trainer who wasn't Tim Hayes. And, um, and someone's and a strange, just a strange set of events. I met a guy and he said, I'm, I'm meeting this smart uh, business consultant and entrepreneur. Why don't you come and have a chat with him? And I spoke to him and it was just over coffee. And he said, why don't you do an app? Mm-hmm. And, and I knew nothing about apps. I didn't have any money. And I, but my, I just thought, okay, I'll do an app, you know, mm-hmm. and, and which is a really important message because how many of us think about these ideas, our intuition, our souls, our guts say, do this, and we just ignore it, you know. Yeah, we wait um, till we have the perfect I, plan. The perfect plan or the perfect time or we start to put problems in place rather than, rather than just yeah. going, all right, all right, I'll, uh, I'll do that. And it's, you know, it's why I love, you know, coaching people that are in corporate and want to leave and set up their own lives. And, and so... You know, fast track four years on, we've raised half a million pounds. I've got an app. Mm-hmm. I'm in the press in London, and uh, and it was just like it was a wild ride, really. Um, yeah. You know, I I didn't know how to raise investment. Well, uh, yeah. How but, how did you go about raising that half a million then? It's actually not that hard. You know, it yeah. sounds like a lot of money, but we raised it in small chunks. The first amount was one hundred and fifty thousand. Um, and we met a guy who was worth about 30 million. So 150 grand isn't that much to him. And he was looking to kind of, you know, um, get some tax relief. And, and there's a yeah. great scheme in the UK called EIS. Um, and we met him and I had a I had a vision for the business. We put down some numbers. You've got to value the business. So we valued the business at a million. And it was all made up at the time, you yeah. know, but there was some there was some purpose and intention. And he said, all right, I'll give you 150 grand for 15% of the business. And, and the business was was formed. And, and once you you get your first investment, then it becomes easier to get. Um, you know, it's like going to the races and there's a horse that someone's betting on. Yeah. And once one, you know, once, once one person bets on the horse, then other people start following suit. So, um, yeah, so we, we just kept raising money through different investors over the years it it really was a lot easier than i thought awesome awesome so you got the investments and then you've launched the business after that yeah so we launched the business um and we managed to raise some more investments and you know in terms of you know tech tech valuation and tech growth is very different it's very different from the personal training 
business that yeah. I had before. But what happened along the way was, was that I realized that I really needed to move into coaching, into life coaching and being a success coach that I am now. I've become disinterested with the fitness market. And mm -hmm. so I'd actually probably emotionally checked out of that business two years before, before I left. I also remember being in a position that I was in of, of chasing money. And what happens when investors come on board sometimes is that they just want to make lots of money. Yeah. And of course, I was interested in that, but it wasn't the reason why I launched the business. So mm -hmm. I diluted my shares. I started to have less and less control in the business and the vision of the business. And quite frankly, I became disinterested in, in the business. Yeah. So I left. Yeah, awesome. with nothing after four years. <laughs> yeah, well, it's so sometimes. Do you feel like it's best to sort of like keep your sanity with it and like sort of keep your respect and just move on? Like, is that how you felt with it? Yeah, you know, I call it my freedom code. You know how some people have their moral code. Well, I have my yeah. freedom code, which I protect at all costs. It, it's really important to me for peace to have peace. And, 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 and joy and happiness in my life. Those are the qualities that yeah. I look for. And the business wasn't bringing that anymore. And I'd given it a good go, you know, four years. So it was, it was right for me to step aside for the business because I wasn't interested in it anymore. And also for my own personal development, it was important that I, I moved on and, and created the business that I have now. Yeah, awesome, awesome. I totally agree with that. Um, I've just got a question if there's anyone sort of, listening who's trying to build a business who sort of needs to get funding how did you go about finding these people so it's really about networking i mean there's there's lots of uh, there are there's many different ways you can raise money you know through friends and family um through loans through you know remortgaging the the property if you really believe in the, uh -huh. the business putting your putting your own money in um, but there are millions and millions and millions of investors out there, people with hundreds and hundreds of millions of pounds that, you know, will drop a million pounds on 10 businesses and hope that one of them works. You know, it's, it's like betting and, you know, gambling yeah. for them. So it, it's really about knocking on doors. It's a numbers game. And the more doors you knock on, eventually someone will go, I like you and I like your idea and here's some money. Uh -huh. Awesome. So from your experience, would you find it's best to find someone with more money or someone who like, you'll have a better relationship with? It's a, it's a good question. I think it depends on the business. Um, I'm not sure I'd ever do an app again. I mean, I'd never say uh -huh. no, but certainly, certainly with tech, you need a lot of money. Uh, yeah. Apps are expensive just to, just to run. So, you know, if we were to do it again, we raised 150, which was great. But then the next round, I think we raised 50 and we were raising small amounts, which never really gave us enough um, wiggle room to yeah. do what we needed to do. Um, so I think it's about being honest with what you need. And I think a lot of people, when they start a business, they don't actually understand what needs to be invested in the business, yeah. particularly in the self-employed market many people don't invest enough early on to grow the business mm -hmm. so, so you would would basically i say like don't be afraid to ask for more is that sort of what you're saying 
I'm I, I I'm saying you need to be you need, you need to be honest with yeah. what you actually need. Um, I remember that myself and my business partner we were going out to raise. I think it was a third round of investment, and we weren't asking for what we actually needed because we didn't think we'd get it. But but yeah. the, but the, that's a double-edged sword because if you don't get enough, you're also not going to get the funds to grow to grow the business. And, and going back to the second part of your question that you asked, you know, there are different types of investors. You have silent investors, you have people that are really involved, but considering the investor is also really, really important. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. So now this time obviously you moved to Cape Town. Um then you were, you've set up your coaching business. So you've come out with this business and then how long is it till you've sort of gone straight into coaching? Did you have like a pause or was it literally straight into the next business? It it all happened, you know, in in the pandemic, right at the beginning of the pandemic, yeah. because we the person Peach was a personal training business where people saw trainers face to face and yoga instructors face to face. But with the pandemic, everything went online. Yeah. And so I was required more of my time in the business and I, I wasn't prepared to do it. I'd also been studying a diploma in, in life coaching and transformational coaching. So I was, um, I just completed that and I was um, coaching clients with fitness and coaching, life coaching or transformational coaching at the time. And it just felt like the right thing to do. So, so I left that business and I remember the day that I did it. As soon as I left, you know, I've been thinking about leaving probably quite seriously for about six months and the stress and the anxiety that it was consuming my mind. Am I making the right decision? Am I going to let down everyone in the team? You know, mm-hmm. but, but as soon as I made the decision, all this energy flowed into me. All my creative juices started kind of, you know, uh, churning again and 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 so you know tim hayes dot coach uh was was born and i've i've always been kind of a go big or go home mindset so i built the website probably within about four weeks the website was live and and uh and i was off and running awesome awesome so with that then just touch on it so what is it that you actually do on the coaching front so obviously you, when you have a client what is it that you sort of the journey you take them on so i i have a six month one-to-one uh coaching program and i also have a six month group coaching program where we have eight people in a, uh-huh. in a group working together and i typically work with two types of clients so people that are looking to leave the corporate world and set up their own business and grow a purposeful business. I love working with people transitioning out of that because I, I've done it. And I also know how to scale a business because I've, I've done it. And then the second types of, of, of clients are those that have grown a business. They are successful, but they're not feeling fulfilled anymore. And in many ways, yeah. they've recreated the corporate environment within their own business. And and that was the place that I reached at Tim Hayes Fitness. I mm-hmm. I put so much focus on the financial success of the business. Um, I'd forgotten about um, the journey along the way. You know, I know a lot of your 
listeners the dads and that's really important when you've got a family you know spending time with the wife spending time with the with with the kids and we can forget that because we think that well we just need to make lots of money and then we'll be happy yeah no exactly that's basically where i was with the gym when i decided to step away for me it was money 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 but i had all this stress and i was dealing with the stress through alcohol through smoking and at the moment it was like it's i'm I'm stepping away, I'm done. Like exactly the same happened to me. It was like <sighs> the massive weight off my shoulders, then the creativity, everything started coming back and I was thinking, feeling human again and and then obviously now I, mm. I've got on my journey as well. So obviously you just mentioned then about dad, you're a dad yourself. So how do you sort of find the balance between now and then like your health now, um, building your business and spending time with family? Like how do you find that balance? So when I stopped being a fitness trainer, I did no exercise for two years because I'd done it for 15 years, you yeah. know, and I just didn't. And I and I just and I knew a lot about it, so I found it quite hard going to the gym, kind of you know looking at others exercising. So I did nothing for two years, and then we took on a yoga instructor. So mm-hmm. so I myself and my my partner Lisa, we have a yoga instructor that comes in twice a week. And I get to switch yeah. off and she gets to teach me yoga. I still try and sometimes tell her what to do, you know, just <laughs> because I think I know better. Um, so, um, you know, my fitness now is very much about being fit, um, mm-hmm. you know, rather than how I, how I look. Um, so it's a very important part of my, my balance. Um, uh-huh. Lisa, my partner, came into my life three years ago uh, her daughter was four at the time and uh-huh. um it's just been a it's a wonderful relationship we have a wonderful um family dynamic and i structure my life and my my work to ensure that i can spend as much time as as i need with them um uh-huh. i'm fortunate to live in, in south africa and with the rand to pound conversion, um, it's it's very very much in 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 my favour. I favor. typically coach internationally and not and not in Cape Town, so it means that I don't have to work. You know, weekends. It means that I don't have to work evenings typically, um, and so I get to spend more time with uh, with my family, which is really really important. Yeah, no, massively, massively. So touching on your health, and obviously you said that you do yoga. Like, is it just yoga you do or do, what else do you sort of do? And how many times a week would you be doing that then? So we have a yoga instructor that comes twice a week for a one-to-one session. Myself and Lisa do it. Mm. Lisa, my partner, has also, uh, she left, she was in uh, testing, in te- testing, and yeah. she left in december to become a yoga instructor so i'm helping her uh with that and then she kind of does some yoga with me um there's a lot of mountains here as well and i've got two dogs so i walk them and go hiking um yeah. twice twice a day and you know i think i'll probably up up the yoga uh to three times a week and i used to be a keen a keen runner um yeah. so that's my that's that's on the on the radar um this year about going to gyms and that's not my thing anymore yeah no no massively it's fine how, how do you feel like being active getting outside and 
doing the yoga, doing the walking? How do you find that like helps you as one, as a dad and two, as a business owner? For me, the most important thing is energy. Where is my energy? And I don't just mean from a physical point of view. I also mean from a mental point of view. You know, I want to I want to feel energized more often than not. Um, and so part of the solution of that is is physical fitness, right? Mm-hmm. I have to I have to be, or I don't have to be. I choose to be uh, fit because I, I want to be uh, available um, from an energetic point of view for 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 everyone in my in my life. Um, and the same goes for for business. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I like to wake up at five 30 in the morning. I spend half an hour in meditation and manifestation most mornings. Um, and if I'm not fit, if my energy isn't off, then I'm not going to wake up. I'm going to be pressing snooze. But mm-hmm. the days that I, the days that I do that, they're way more efficient, you know, yeah. I'm a far better coach. Yeah. I've always found that like my morning routine is something if I don't do it, my whole day is completely messed up because mm. of it. Um, I'm playing around now with like my, my morning routine. If I sort of get in straight away and do some like deep work, you know, like working on my business or whether I exercise first thing in the morning, I'm more leaning towards trying to get my, like my brain active very first thing and then working mm. out after it. And I always find if I miss that workout, I'm a horrible person to be around the rest of the day. Like I'm short, mm. I'm snappy. I don't feel like my brain's firing as much. So like for mm. me, a, a workout is massive, whether it's coming here into the gym obviously that we've got at home or it's just going off on a walk. I always feel I need to do something to get the blood pumping and sort of firing on all cylinders because you think better, everything's a lot clearer. You can deal with the, the situations and the stresses that mm. obviously business and life throws at you there. And uh, mm. another thing which you mentioned there was um, meditations and affirmations. Now, these are things which I'm slowly introducing into it. Now, I've got ADHD, so I really, really struggle with like staying on mm. task um, mm. and sitting still. Now, I'm managing to meditate myself for like five to 10 minutes, which I know it's you said half an hour which isn't mm. massive, but what sort of advice would you give to someone like me or other dads who is listening, like how to control a sort of the meditation and the benefits of them as well? So firstly, all the successful people in the world, that they practice meditation yeah. and manifestation. And I mean, that's an absolute, you know, it's just a necessary part of, of growth. Um, the problem that many people have is they look at it in the wrong way it's a bit like saying i need to run 10 miles i want to run 10 miles and you haven't done the exercise ever and then you go out and you try and run 10 miles and you can't run 10 miles because you've never run before and then you're like oh stop this i'm not going to run 10 miles anymore (laughs) right it's the same with meditation and manifestation you know half an hour um of that half an hour, I may not be necessarily in meditation the whole time. Um, I use I use an app called Syncturition, which helps me. It, it plays sounds because um, mm-hmm. my mind wanders, and that's okay. But I I I sit, I listen. Sometimes I visualize. I want to do a TED talk at some point in the future. Yeah. So I imagine myself walking on stage and how that feels. Um, I'm, I'm I'm launching a workshop soon, so I think about 
how does that look? What do I need to talk about? And certain things kind of flow in during that time. Um, and sometimes, you know, I'm at a place where I can clear my mind. So I, I, I think it's just nice to start. Don't even call it meditation. Just listen to something for half an hour and, yeah. and see what happens and see what comes up. Yeah, because when I first started, I found that straight away. My mind was wondering, then I was getting annoyed at myself. When, But then something clicked for me and I realized, well, that's the whole point of it. You're meant to control your mind and bringing it back to the breath. And then, like I said, I only do five, ten minutes. I'm just slowly building up to it. But I have noticed a massive difference in my ability to stay on task. You know, like I say, when I'm working, I'd find myself, I'd do, I'd do the loop where I'd look to my side, I'd pick my phone up go on message, Facebook, scroll through, mm. put it down, drink my water, just because I felt like the task uncomfortable that I was doing. And I don't, mm. I'd work for five minutes, then I'd do that loop. And now since meditating, I've noticed I've not done that. Um, as well, I've sort of tidied my space up and made it more efficient as well. So that that mm. helps. Um, but I do put it down to meditation. I'm, I just breathe and just refocus on tasks. So it's helped me massively in in that aspect as well have you noticed things similar yeah 100 percent. and and you know the breathing technique whether it's for five minutes 30 minutes or or even a minute uh, we can restart our day at any given time you know it's 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 easier to do it in the morning you know I, we get up early before Gemma, my stepdaughter uh-huh. wakes up so that we can do it but sometimes in the day i feel like I'm not being as efficient in my tasks as I would like to be. Maybe I'm bothered by something. So I might just spend a minute or five minutes um, just kind of recalibrating, resetting. And that's really important, particularly mm-hmm. for, you know, working dads and, and, and entrepreneurs is just, is just check in and go, where, where am I at energetically today? And what do I need to change? Yeah, I think that's massive as well, especially what you say in the time-wise. Like, I know a lot of dads I coach and speak to, they they say, I don't have the time. It's like, well, you don't need an hour. You need five minutes, 10 minutes. If it's talking about workouts, you can get a good workout in in 15, 20 minutes. So you don't need a massive amount of time to completely, one, change like your mindset, your mind shift, your health, your body. Like, This is what I think is massively misunderstood, that we think we need hours to do all this when it's not we're literally like you said a minute of working on your breath calming your situation can completely change your outlook which i'm glad mm. you saw you've sort of saying that because it, it i'm not the only person who thinks that which is good then i like that and, and it's funny because you do, everyone says that i don't have enough time but one of the things that meditation does or, or even just practicing some mindfulness it removes all those thoughts, those mm-hmm. negative thoughts, the stress, the anxiety. So when you remove that, you're going to have a lot more time because you're not thinking about all these things that you don't need to think about anymore. Yeah, no, it was massive. And yesterday for me as well, I um, I had what I would call a good meditation session. So I managed to go for the full 10 minutes and I wasn't like agitated or itchy. And then I found throughout the day that I felt, like a bit more productive. My mind wasn't wondering as much. Uh, I was a lot more present as well. But mm. having you just say that then when I'm thinking back, I was thinking, yeah, it it felt like a good day for me yesterday. And having you just said mm. that, it's just clicked why. 
Um, so yeah, it's massive. Um, another thing which obviously I've read, I've studied um, a lot of successful entrepreneurs in the past, um, and you've just mentioned it as now, um, affirmations. Now, how do you sort of like, do you use I am affirmations? Like, How do you do it? Do you write it down? Do you say it? So uh, I affirmations or, or manifestations, I guess they're the same thing. But what I do is I, I visualize where I want to be, what I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, again, lots of people are, oh, I don't believe in that. But how many people on Sundays have already decided that Mondays are going to be crap? Yeah. Right? So we're really good at manifesting um or doing negative affirmations i'm not good enough i'm too fat i'm not a good dad i'm not a good husband we we say all these things to ourselves all the time so it's it's really just flipping that around um i um i i used to have a a bunch of affirmations around um people you know my voice is valid Uh, people are interested in what i have to say i'm great at what i do um i'm intelligent i'm smart sometimes i can be shy whatever they were these were things that i found difficult to present out to Uh to the to to the world and and then on the manifestation side you know i i want to evolve as 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 a as a dad as as a partner as a business owner so and there are things that i want to bring into my life so i think about those things um and um because why not it's nicer to think about those things than to think about negative things yeah massively massively so if these like sort of dads listening to this now then who are sort of overwhelmed like they're not happy with like the current situation like maybe it's the business it's the family they just like you're saying they're not quite happy they just know there's that thing missing like what sort what sort of advice would you give these dads who are listening Again, I would, I would reach out and I would ask for help. There's so many different uh, forms of, of support out there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was lucky in, in many ways to experience drug addiction because it was so painful, I had to change. But mm-hmm. there are a lot of people out there where the wheels never really come off. You know, they're just yeah. kind of like going life through the motions. Okay going through the motions nothing's wrong but nothing's right and that's a difficult place to um to be you know i like to use the analogy of professional sports people like federer for example the tennis player you know he doesn't wait until he's he loses game before he takes a coach on he takes mm-hmm. a coach on because he he just wants to win more game um so you know i'm a coach i have a coach my coach has a coach I'm a big advocate for, for coaching. I'm not here to sell me uh, as a coach. I'm here to say, reach out and ask for help. If you don't know, simply saying, I don't know, is a really yeah. great place to start. And 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 as you know, I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, it will start a conversation with someone. Yeah, awesome. So you 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 um, you're the similar to me. Then you would recommend that people have coaches, get someone who's been there and done that yeah i think you know the coaching market is booming uh and it it seems that everyone's a coach these days um and i think it's really important for someone who's working with a coach to know that they've done um what what they're looking for you know if if they're looking for relationship coaching 
go work for, with someone that's in a in a happy relationship and you know knows how uh -huh. to talk about that if, if you're looking at someone um for business who knows how to grow a business then then work with a coach that's got a proven track record in in that area but i one you know i grew my the two previous businesses that i had i didn't take on a coach to be honest i never even considered it yeah um, i wish i had i wish i had i don't regret it but you know when i took on a coach in my current coaching business things changed significantly in all areas of my life yeah massive I, i've always sort of been that person who's had coaches sort of like i know where i've had the vision of where i want to go and then i've always just who's where i want to be and then i just search them out for a coach so i've always felt that sort of sped my success up so to speak so again i would 100 percent recommend that um so yeah so is there uh, anything else that you want to add to dads who may be struggling that they think that they should be doing maybe if it's a routine they, they're struggling to spend time with family like what piece of advice would you give them on that take it easy you know take it easy we can give ourselves a really really hard time and um and sometimes we can put too much expectations on ourselves we can be way too hard with ourselves i i love getting people to write down their story you know because there's mm -hmm. so much that we have already done there's so much that we have already achieved and even the things that haven't worked out they are achievements because they teach us what Lessons. not yeah they teach us what not to do or what what doesn't work for us you know so if if dads are experiencing dark days or difficult times you know celebrate the the path to where they are now and then um it can change it can start yeah from this very second draw a line in the sand and raise the bar don't wait until the wheels come off they don't have to yeah summer always follows winter there's always better days ahead that's what you've got there to remember you go. i think i like that awesome. i like that awesome so tim thank you very much we're going to leave it there for today but can you just um give your shout out to yourself where dad's listening to this if they're interested in coaching with you um give a shout out of where everyone can get hold of you yeah, so uh, thank you for today. I really appreciate it. No, thank you very much. And uh, on Instagram, timhayes.coach. My website is timhayes.coach. In fact, everything is timhayes.coach. So you can follow me, listen to me. If you want to get in touch, there's various ways that you can do it there. And I'm always happy to, uh, to, 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 to talk. Awesome, awesome. So I'll put all them in the show notes. So if you are listening to these, just go in the show notes and you can check it all out there. Uh, so again, Tim, thank you very much. I've learned a lot. So I really appreciate you coming on. Um, this has been Ambitions of the Dad. Until next hey, time. Hey, thanks very bye. much for listening to this episode of Ambitions of a Dad. I hope you enjoyed it and found it useful. I just wanted to let you know about our free group, Dadpreneurs Get It All. This group is for dads who are entrepreneurs, business owners and who want to get it all. Great health, work-life balance, and most importantly, the energy to be super dad. If this sounds like something you want to be a part of, go to dadpreneursgetitall.com and request to join.